welcome to the In Contention podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Ruben Bressler, and I am joined by Matt Cranstuber. How's it going? <laughs> and Joey Pasco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what you do. You have to hit your, your Adam's apple yeah. to get the auto tune. That's an old vanilla this ice. This is how thing. you talk. What? That's an old vanilla ice thing from what I remember. I know. <laughs> That's old school auto tune. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the In Contention podcast is the official podcast of the StarCityGames.com Open Series, and this weekend the Open Series is featuring the Invitational and is in Atlanta, Georgia. It has $10,000 prize pools in both the Standard and Legacy Opens, which are still going on, but has over $95,000 in prizes for the Invitational itself. If you can't be there, be sure to tune into SCGLive.com and catch Adrian Sullivan, the Ben Sack, and... The Beam, Robert Martin, bringing you all the action with Glenn Jones and myself, Ruben Bressler, in the sideboard. The Twitter hashtag for the event is hashtag SCGNV. That's S-C-G-I-N-V-I. So you can join in on the discussion. If you can't make it out, be sure to check out an invitational qualifier tournament near you. Go to the StarCityGames.com open series page for a complete listing at StarCityGames.com slash open underscore series. So there you go. Exciting. So kind we of got uh, closing out the standard season uh, with the Invitational, right? That's right. It's the, it's the last, basically the last hurrah for this standard season. Excellent. So uh, that, that's going to be that's gonna be a crazy weekend. There's a lot of people going going down to that that tournament. That's right, uh, and, and mo- a lot major tournaments. Um, most major tournaments happen like after, like right after a set comes out, hmm. because uh, Wizards wants to show off their new sets. And so not a lot of major tournaments happen towards the tail end of standard seasons, but this one is. And so, you know, all the information's out there. Let's see if, if somebody can uh, can snap open the metagame. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The last hurrah of the standard season. The last time we right. see Titans in standard ever. So Hopefully. Well, all right. Let's, yeah. let's get into the hashtags. It's, it's an easy week for us. We've been talking about having a few guests on. We've been... Uh, course talking about uh spoilers and what ravnica is going to do standard and last night we had a huge influx of ravnica spoilers to the point where we are just two cards away from having the set spoiled so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then also of course we're going to talk about the newly spoiled cards that's going to be our main focus today but then we're going to have a few news bits that joey's going to go over here in a moment from uh the recent grand prix that happened this weekend and a star city event in los angeles so joey you want to Want to kick us off here? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, like like Cranny just said, we had a couple of tournaments this weekend. We had Grand Prix Grand Prix Costa Rica, which I think is really the the top eight is. I, I don't know that I've seen a lot of top eights <laughs> top eights that look like this. Yeah, Shuhei, seriously. Yeah, I mean uh, Shuhei Nakamura takes it down in the finals. He had to defeat David Sharfman. Uh, to round out the other six, you know, unknown players, we have Ben Stark, <laughs> winner of Pro Tour Paris, Willie Edel, uh, who has, an, you know, a number of accomplishments as well, uh, Josh Utter Layton, David Ochoa, AJ Soccer, and Pascal Maynard of, of Canada. Uh, all these guys are names you, you probably recognize. And uh, Yeah, it's, it's five of the best 50 currently playing Magic players in the United States, right? <laughs> then, one of the top three players from Latin America, one, I mean, and then Shuhei, who's arguably the best Japanese player playing. Yeah. And, and the least known name on the list is Pascal Maynard, who has three Grand Prix top eights this year. So Magic is uh, not, not a skill game, right? No, not a skill it's game. Totally M13 lost. Limited, clearly not a skill game. Right, right. Um, so all you people out there who complain about how M13 Limited is just so bomby, uh, man, I can't believe that guy opened Supreme Archangel or Cranko Mob Boss or, or whatever, <laughs> you can uh, you can shut up. Obviously, these guys are just good at opening bombs is really... Right. It, yeah. Right. So that's well, Juhei, to be fair, had Talrand and Jace. In his top eight deck, <laughs> and 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 he won. So obviously, it's it's right. totally fine. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, also at Grand Prix Moscow, uh, there was not a single name I recognized. Moving on, uh, yeah. we had the <laughs> the uh, Star City Games Open Series was in Los Angeles this weekend with uh, Patrick Chapin and Cedric Phillips doing the commentary and uh, having. Uh, 
having a a good time talking over the announcements from uh <laughs> from, right. from what I hear but um that's that's what happens when you put your tournament at a comic convention yeah I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess to offset that, it was at a comic convention, and Stan Lee was there, and there was a zombie run happening right around the right. corner. And uh, I was, I was very entertained. I, I was at a PTQ all weekend. Uh, there was a PTQ, a Star City IQ, and a TCG player event, and so I was there the whole time. And I was kind of watching coverage when I could, but I was mostly paying attention to Chapin's Twitter, which in, in which he would tweet like. Mm-hmm. Him standing, you know, with someone dressed up as R, R, you know, R two D two or some other cosplayer. And then when I finally got home on Sunday, I was able to catch some of Legacy to see. Basically, Saito created this insane hypergenesis, uh, sort of like hybrid show and tell monstrosity. Yeah, and I saw that. it's apparently like Chapin's just like this is this deck's a monster. This is the be- easily the best deck in the format. And uh, it's kind of funny because I, I I was discussing that deck with somebody else um, a few days earlier, and I I kind of was like looking at it like ah this is this just looks like a Saito deck you know but uh, it didn't, yeah. didn't really didn't really digest it and um, you know it it did very well in that tournament I believe it, it top eight it is it correct uh, I. I'm not sure. I don't, don't see recall. I, yeah, I don't recall. I actually didn't All see I the list. All I recall is that I tweet. saw the list, and I was like, this deck does not look good. And then I belong. <laughs> yeah, it has like three Angel Despair, and like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's very right. wild. Um, it's kind of like the uh, Jerry T's Hypergenesis deck, but it's just like got a couple of choices in there that you just wouldn't wouldn't think would be that good. It's like It's got Omniscience and Grizzle Brand, so it's really like, an omniscient show and tell deck with hypergenesis. So it's got some weirdos. It's pretty fun to watch on camera. Oh, the other really funny thing on camera was four horsemen. Yeah. Got some showtime, which was really funny because we were talking about it on our way to the PTQ with, uh, with Mark and John. And, and we were saying how the IPG actually will not allow you to play that deck because you cannot have a, uh, infinite loop that requires, I guess, I don't. I'm going to butcher this, but it requires some level of like intervention where you have to state the number of loops. And you know, whatever. Like that's so dumb. Like, I agree. I well, just uh, like so listeners know how this deck works because it's too big. Well, hold on. Let me, let me. We'll explain how this works. So you have mesmeric orb and basalt monolith, and when you activate basalt monolith, you can untap itself an infinite number of times with its own with its own mana, and every time you untap, you can mill yourself. Well, basically, the idea of the deck is that you mill your four Narc Amoebas, but you also play uh, Emrakul in your deck yeah. so that you can always shuffle. Well, you want to be able to get your Narc Amoebas in play, um, so you activate the, the, the thing, and you want to be able to, to Dread Return in you know, a Grizzlebrand or whatever it is that you want to Dread Return. Well, you used to be able to say, well, I'll just do this until I don't hit Emrakul and I have all four of my Narc Amoebas in play. Yeah. And now you can't shortcut that. And they're, now they're saying it's slow play and that the deck's illegal. But it actually was on camera, and uh, lo and behold, it took about twenty minutes for that first the first uh, game to get done. But, I mean, uh, whatever. Like we, we've that's seen just worse than twenty minute game ones. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Shout out to High Tide. Um, <laughs> the, the the I hate that rule. Like they changed. So what happened was they changed a rule that existed. And then as a result of changing the rule, they decided that this deck was, like, not legal? Get out of here with that. I agree. That's, that's get, like... Yeah, you, shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be able to invalidate a whole deck. I, I think uh, there, there should be some, some level of saying, you know, if, if you hit some number of iterations, it's statistically impossible after 10,000 loops to not hit this combination of cards. Or, But you're, you're right, it's stupid. It... it, it they're they're calling it slow play based on quote unquote uh, well at least paraphrase on paraphrase uh, it not advancing the game state uh, yeah you know and it's just like well this is part of my strategy it's advancing my strategy I'm sorry that like <laughs> I, what is what else do you want yeah, me I'm to sorry, do I'm sorry I'm sorry you're bored I guess <laughs> yeah. like but this is part of the way I advance to my end game so so it is advancing the game state. yeah exactly a pro tip don't try that deck on moto it doesn't work right. <laughs> Sort of so like playing Project X on Moto. Yeah, I tried it. It does. That also does not work. So uh, yeah, so a good good weekend for tournaments. But 
the, everybody's eyes are on the spoiler page. There are a number of spoilers up around the internet. Pretty much every site has all their all their pre-orders up, so that's sort of the official, yeah, uh, the the old foghorn, like me, you know, the the call. It's we're ready to to play with a new set. And what this means, especially for us, especially when we go to evaluate cards, this means a new format. So we have no context of uh, of what's in the set, and uh, we, you know, so Titans are gone, Mana Leak's gone, you know, the the whole. Uh, Infect as a deck is gone, which we've seen put up really good results. All the Phyrexian so, mana is gone. I think that's all Phyrexian mana. So that, that means guys like Talrand w- went from being really, really good to potentially not even playable. So uh, we're going to try to uh, talk about our top picks in the context of what we think the new format's going to look at. But first, let's talk about how this, how we have all these cards. Because we went from like 144 cards, you know, about half of the set spoiled to, uh, you know, waking up the next morning and seeing 250-some cards. So, yeah, uh, basically what it looks like, from what I understand, is that someone opened a box. Someone got a hold of a box, opened it up, scanned all the cards, put them up on MTG Salvation, and (sighs) now we all know. So a a, a year and a half ago, we had the God Book situation, and for those of you guys who who don't remember for some reason or (laughs) didn't know about it, New Phyrexia was entirely spoiled, uh, very early in the the preview, uh, I guess process. I don't even know that we knew a you know a single card, or at least we may may have known a handful of cards. It was just very early, and it was uh, it was basically uh, some French players got had access to it because they wrote for a French magazine, and they spoiled the the entire. Uh, it was like a PDF. I, mm-hmm. And it was called the God Book. I think that's what the name of the the file was. So that's yeah. that's where the term comes from. So that was that was one thing, and that was that's why that's probably why we don't get uh, magazine uh, previews anymore. Yeah, because the magazines have their publication structure, and they need it a certain amount of time ahead of time. And uh, so that was the whole explanation explanation for that. But we're not going to get into that. But up until then. Wizards had been doing a better and better job every year of keeping the spoilers, keeping the cards under wraps and mm-hmm. only allowing certain sites and themselves to preview the cards, basically slow rolling at the pace that they wanted. And they had been getting better and better at that. And uh, even post-Godbook, the past few sets have been pretty similar. You know, they've, they've mm-hmm. gotten a hold on it again. But I, I don't know how this guy got a hold of a box... Yeah, Obviously. they were they were letting it out at a nice steady stream, and then the dam broke. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Before this, before actually the God Book happened, I had no problem with spoilers being you know spoiled way ahead of time. Um, right. I was excited to see the cards, and I wanted to see them as soon as possible, and I didn't really give it much more thought. But when the God Book thing happened, I kind of realized it was like you opened all your Christmas presents on December first, and then you're mm-hmm. like, great, this kind of sucks. All that excitement. Christmas time, it's gone, you know, that, and, and yeah. here we have it again, uh, pretty much the same thing, although we did, now it's like opening them on December 15th, I guess, you know, <laughs> we still have, uh, a couple of weeks that Wizards is going to be previewing cards that we now already know, you know, and it's a shame, and it kind of, it's just such a feel-bad kind of thing, so. I, yeah, I mean, okay, so first of all, clearly this guy's an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's never, he, his store, if he has a store, his store is never getting product again. Um, and he is, like, on the watch list of, like, he's on the hit list for, for from Wizards, and, like, he, he's just an idiot, right? Like, this is the kind of guy, like, when, uh, what was the set that all the names got spoiled, like, three months ahead of time? Was that Rise of Eldrazi? I thought it was Conflux. Because it was, I, I think it was, it was Conflux, because it was Nickel Bolas Planeswalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. And then Judgment, the whole Judgment fiasco way back in the day was real bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, stuff like this happens all the time, and, look... If people out there who are thinking about spoiling all the cards, cut it out. <laughs> or um, at least, like, at least have some semblance of respect for the process, right? I mean, yes. You know, if you want to, if you want to spoil a, a couple cards that you think are really neat, like, okay, that's what fine. I'm saying. Do the rankered elf thing and spoil yeah. like five to seven. Yeah, I mean, because then, cause then it makes it fun. Like, there's there's a couple guys out there that are spoiling cards that I think have access to product early. That, but they have respect for the process. I, I don't know yeah. if Captain Black is a Wizards employee or what he is, 
But that guy uh, frequently spoils and confirms cards well ahead of time. But he he doesn't just go out there and say, "Here's this here's this whole box." And and really, I mean, think about our show when Joey texted me and Ruben saying, "Hey, uh, you know, we have an email saying you know that we have a possibility to get a preview card." I mean, we, I got goosebumps. I was so excited and so yeah. like, elated to, to be offered the opportunity to put a, a preview card up. And Same. I don't know if this cuts into anybody's preview, but I, I would feel really slighted if I was a guy that had, you know, Rogue's Passage or Threshold Troll or some, some card on the list that, uh, you know, this guy just said, hey, I'm going to crack packs and scan them in until I don't have any more packs to crack. That's, right. I mean, well, that's just... at, at this point, it's only going to be Wizards employees writing articles because it's preview week and all the other ones have been previewed by other sources, mm-hmm. right? But um, speaking of which, did you see the guy that spoiled the Blister Coil Weird video? Oh, yeah. When he, like, ate the magic card? Yeah, for one thing, why did they send him a physical card? I didn't get Seriously. a Slitherhead in the mail, he, he, right? Slitherheads. <laughs> That's that's crap, wizards. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, I think that they will probably never send him a physical card again, seeing as he dipped it in coffee. That's just an assumption. <laughs> um, At least he he you know licked the coffee off of it. After. That guy was weird, and whatever people. Uh, hence hence giving him the card that has creature type weird, um, which is fine. Like whatever. Some people. I can appreciate that some people like that kind of humor. I think that the Loading Ready Run guys did a really good job with their preview card. Yeah. Uh, they, they had the Mercurial Chemister and, like, had it, they explained it really well for newer kind of players because they aren't a, a, a magic exclusive website. Mm. Um, theirs was very good. Anyway, the point is that your every card you spoil, uh, God kills a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just takes away the fun of the process. I mean, last night, Wizard spoiled a card, and I had I had so much fun watching them. Like, yeah, this was the Azores um, elocutors. Yeah, the guy with filibuster counters. Right. Yeah. So, so the Wizards Magic uh, Twitter account posts like it's like the member of the Azorius Council, and it's like the Azorius Council moves to spoil a card. What you know? What say you? And then people were like, you know, people who are part of the the, the you know joining in the guild fund are like. You know, we want to mention form.214 that says that you must spoil the card immediately. And then right. the Wizards will respond, no, the, the, the motion is denied, plus one filibuster counter. And then once they got to five filibuster counters, they, they spoiled the, the card, card, which from a flavor perspective, I'm like smiling ear to ear right now, just even talking about this because it just makes me, <laughs> it makes was me so very happy. A lot so of people it, were upset for some reason that Wizards was like spamming their Twitter account. I know, it was so funny. <laughs> I'm it smiling was so because... funny. And then when you see the card, okay, this card, it's five mana for a 3-5. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a blue-white, blue-white hybrid 3. And uh, so at the beginning of your upkeep, put a filibuster counter on Azor's Elocutors. Then if Azor's Elocutors has five or more filibuster counters on it, you win the game. And then it just says, when a source deals damage to you, remove a filibuster counter. So, like, in... It, it, even in spoiling and doing these preview cards, there's a ton of fun to be had, a ton of, like, interaction. A lot of people have a lot of laughs. I thought I, it was spammy. <laughs> I'm one of the oh, people no. that, I, I was like... I was all about it. I, I thought I'm it fine was really if, they, if they did five tweets and then spoiled it, that's fine. They did, like, 30 tweets or something. Oh, really? I didn't count. Yeah, but that's, like, Azorius-themed. Yeah. yeah, I understand why they did it. And I like it, yeah, yeah. In, I, I like it that way, but when I'm reading it... Like, I'm reading it later when it had already been spoiled. I had seen the card already, and then I looked at Twitter and went, oh, so this is how they did it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is annoying. Oh, see, I hadn't so. seen it, but I, I didn't... I guess I didn't really pay attention to it. Anyway, I, yeah, anyway. I wish that there was a card that had filibuster counters on it for like from Alpha or Legends because that sounds like something that would be in Alpha or Legends. Yeah, Eric Klug said the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. filibuster counters? Really? Like, yeah. That's the coolest it's thing. like having uh, the Hydra that had head counters. <laughs> it's like that. Anyway, alright. we That's enough of that. Now it's time to get to the, uh, to the meat of the discussion. We're going to discuss cards we think will be good in Constructed. Constructed magic time. Next Mainly week, standard. Next. Uh, number one, Shocklands. Number two, let's talk about the rest of the set. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. For when those Shocklands are going to be important, let's move on. For sure. Um, right, so who wants to take it? Ruby, what do you got? Uh, I, uh, sure, I'll go first. Well, I'm going to take some low-hanging fruit here, and I'm going to talk about Angel of Serenity. No! That was the one I wanted to talk about. All but right, I guess I get to talk. talk go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, Ruby. Uh, 
Ruben, you get to start. We'll just all discuss it. Serenity, for those of you that don't know, is four colorless, white, white, white for a 5-6 flyer. When it comes into play, you uh, remove three target creatures from either in play or graveyards from the game. Then when Angel of Serenity leaves play, is it leaves play or dies? I think it's leaves play. play. Yep. Leaves play, return those cards to their owner's hands. Wow. Like, what? Yeah. So, this card would have been fine and serviceable if it was just triple Fiend Hunter, right? Right. Like, that's already fine. Like, if you could just butcher three things. Right. That'd be a perfectly serviceable card. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it returns... But the fact that you can disentomb things... And like you target your opponent's Geralt's messenger, and it doesn't come back into play when they when they kill it. It goes back to their hand. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, yeah. I thought it was just Oblivion Ring the first time I read it, and then a couple of people were talking about add it to their cube, and I'm like, eh, it's not even that good. And then I reread it. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And like, so this is clearly the new Frights target. First I mean, of all, it's. It's, I don't know, if you can can pay seven mana, including triple white, you just need to play this card. It's just, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, uh, Chapin wrote an entire article about it, so if you have SCG Premium, and you should, uh, yep. just go read that. But, you know, he, he pointed yeah. out, it's... Where he was like, well, I don't even know what Wizards was thinking when they printed right. that card. <laughs> yeah, I, I quoted <laughs> it on Twitter. Say because it very often. Yeah, so, it's kind of like an unsummon. But they don't get the card, get the creature right away. Not until they they deal with your angel. Uh, yeah. It's also it, could be like an ancestral recall where you get to draw th- three great creatures out of your, you know, that you had set aside out of your graveyard. So, I mean, or any mix of the two. You don't have you well, can just like exile two of their guys and and get like a snapcaster back, or maybe another angel that had already died. Or a threat. Like for freets, like for freets to play this. And you're already putting a bunch of cards in the bin. I mean, this guy becomes almost like a... It's like a toolbox card, because you could have like some pretty wild targets in your freed stack and just be like, well, I'm always going to do uh, a reanimate Angel Serenity, but maybe I have a guy that gains me life. Maybe I'm playing, you know... It, it, I think you definitely go away from the aggro version. Well, remember, they go play. back into your hand, so if you're putting your freed targets back into your hand, that's not really where you want them to be. No, 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 I well, just mean, like, the guys that have some, like, residual value outside of, you know, just playing them right away. Like, uh, the 4-4 the four, four for 3, or, you know, you can play, like, some, some a, a different mix of creatures as opposed to playing, like, Link, the Lengering Souls build. Okay. Uh, you may, may, maybe make a more creature-heavy version of the deck. Yeah, it's it's an exciting card. I, I mean, And this does not have the Restoration Angel, uh, non-angel clause also. So you can get back your own restoration angels. Right, but you blink can't, your angel. You can't blink you can't your angel blink serenity, but you mm. can butcher your restoration angels to be able to blink your other creatures. Nice. Yeah, there's all sorts of crazy interactions, and it's a little bit scary because who knows where this could lead. And again, I, I suggest you read Chapin's article if you haven't already. Um, that goes over just some of the ridiculous possibilities. We also get detention sphere. Which uh, mm-hmm. which he mentions again alongside of this, we've got a, a possibility of a deck that plays eight Oblivion Rings plus <laughs> Angel of Serenity. Yeah. You can just go crazy with all these uh, these loops where you're removing things and things are coming back or going back into your hand, and uh, I, it's 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 going to be crazy, and it's going to be interesting trying to do commentary on decks like this. I you know with all <laughs> of the comes into play and leaves play triggers, you know what card's going to be really good in standard. Pacifism. Yeah, like like I'll put it on Thrag Tusk or an Angel of Serenity or Geralt's Messengers. Like, oh, I you think mean just to not to trigger the just to not trigger Leafs play. That's that's reasonable. Pacifism been playable before. Hmm. Yeah, well, something to think about. Maybe Bonds of Faith would be better. But in any case, who's next? I want to talk about some red cards. I want to switch gears a little bit because there's a couple red cards that, are, that I'm looking at that are really exciting. The the one that in particular I think is really aggressive is Ash Zealot. And mm. uh, he's red-red for a 2-2 first strike haste. So that in itself is really powerful. But he has the ability, whenever a player casts a spell from a graveyard, Ash Zealot deals three damage to that player. 
So I really like this creature. It's uh, It doesn't have a relevant creature type. I mean, it's a human warrior. You kind of wish it was like a goblin or something. But uh, this is a really good card. If we if we ever want to see a red deck come back, I think you need to see more guys like this in the mix. So And, and of course, you know, it stops interactions with flashback. Well, it doesn't stop them, but it uh, it makes interactions with flashback and, and, and guys like Snapcaster Mage a lot less appealing if this guy's on the board. Incidentally, it always wins in combat against Snapcaster Mages too. So this may have been a little safety valve for the uh, for the two one flash guy. One of many. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like one that. of many. I think that a lot of people were comparing this guy to Tunnel Ingus for, from the uh, last standard format. Yeah. But Tunnel, if Tunnel Ingus had had first strike and haste. Yeah, that would have been a little different. But yeah. it's already a like a fine creature without the flashback cause. Clause. Absolutely, yeah. It, like it's already it Rakdos. Huh? It, it's oh, stacks. and it stacks, yeah. If you have two of these guys, your opponent is not going to flashback any spells. Yeah, take six. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So um, just real quick, just while we're on the subject of red cards, I just want to go right over to Gutter Snipe. Which yeah. uh, I think is also really interesting. It's a three mana two two that says whenever and it's a goblin, goblin shaman. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it deals two damage to each opponent. So that guy is very interesting. It's uh, it's like a burning vengeance on legs for spells in your hand. So if there's if there's some sort of burn deck or even like a red blue delver list, this guy could. Could see some play. I mean, I certainly would have liked this guy with Phyrexian mana. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been awful. Because Phyrexian mana wasn't good enough already. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You think, I mean, it looks like these red cards are are getting pretty good. Now, I I don't expect to see a lot of just straight mono red because of just the format we're going into. But I know uh, Big Head Joe used to, he like, he at one point, actually more recently, just wanted to play mono red, but he was really frustrated because there were no, you know, players can't gain life cards in standard. And right. we're getting one, and it costs like six mana, so it's almost like we don't have one. Right. Um, <laughs> so, it was a card that, that Gavin Verhey made when he was like 14. Yeah, and got it all the way through and <laughs> printed, but uh, it costs six mana, so it's almost irrelevant to something like a mono-red aggro deck. Right. Uh, and um, I just wonder if maybe Wizards is like, rather than printing cards that say players can't gain life, we'll just make red really strong and make you know more uh, cards that have life gain. So they're, And you know, not reprint timely reinforcements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we smart. might need timely reinforcements yeah. if these cards keep... Uh, keep coming up like this, but uh, I want to completely switch gears back to the opposite side of the color pie and uh, talk about a blue card. Uh, one of you my favorite would. cards in the set. Yeah, I mean, and we've we've talked about it a little bit before, but uh, Jace, Architect of Thought, I think... You steal one of mine, I steal one of yours. I see how it is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, like, the two big cards that I'm excited about in this set uh, are Angel and Jace. I think they're, they're my two favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. I think as far as Mythics go, I'm really excited about a lot of cards in this set, but uh, Mythics are rares. But anyway, Jace, I think, um, if you watch the videos that, that Jerry and Brad did on SCG on, I believe it was Monday, um, they uh, they did some playtesting videos, and it was, uh, Brad had a blue-white miracle deck versus Jerry's uh, black-green zombies, and even Brad uh, and Jerry were both more impressed with Jace than they had originally expected to be, and um, you know Chapin's talking it up. I think a lot of people were initially underwhelmed. Uh, my very first reaction was to be underwhelmed. Within five minutes, I started seeing the possibilities. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, I'm just excited to play with this card. I think it's going to be a big deal. We're not in a format full of titans anymore, where people are you know people just have one big dude. It seems like there's a lot of really good, kind of medium, small to medium-sized creatures, and I think that's the kind of thing that we're going to see more of, and Jace is really good against that. Also, too many factor fictions, not bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know we've discussed Jace before, so I don't know if you guys... I, I, I want to say I've, I've, been on the, I've been on this train since day one. I think this guy's insane. I think he's going to be really, really solid in, in, uh, in standard, and I think... This is this is the kind of planeswalker that we want to see Wizards print. It has you know it affects the board in a in a way that you know 
it's very good for control deck. So it's a great control planeswalker, but it doesn't do it in a way that locks the opponent out of the game. So yeah, sure. You can, you can run them out there and plus one them, but the minus eight isn't necessarily going to win you the game. It's just a very good, strong role player. It's, it's obviously a little less powerful than Tamiyo. It has a less, uh, it doesn't affect the board like Tamiyo does, you know, Tamiyo taps permanence down and yeah, but those it, cards are ultimate. best friends. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think they have a very good, they, they, they're very good together it's also good. I mean, Jace, just like Tamiyo, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. They're very good alongside control cards. Supreme yep. Verdict and um, and Tamiyo are like bread and butter. Same with Jace. I mean, if you if you can get this guy on the board and just even if you're just going to plus one and then minus two, minus two, you could potentially be up four cards and still have this on the board. And uh, you know, not to mention the ultimate, as Joey pointed out last show is not just you, you actually get to do yourself and your opponent. So that means you can play your best card, which potentially is just going to be putting just another, another Jace. Jace or, yeah. Right. Or, or, uh, or, you know, maybe your opponent's playing, you know, a deck with a, a, an angel in it, and you just get to take your opponent's angel. Uh, I definitely think this at four mana, it, we're going to see a lot of this on turn three, a lot of this on turn four, and I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm sold on this card. Yeah, you know what's better than Factor Fiction? Untapping and then casting a free factor fiction. <laughs> like, that's it's what a, that card does, right? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not mistaken. Pretty here. much, yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. Mini mini factor fiction, but it does. Fine. You got me. Um, so my next card. Oh, real quick, is, I just, I, before before you say that, I just wanted to point this out because I it was a point Chapin made, and Chapin's great at breaking down cards. I think and comparing them to other things, but. You look at that middle ability on Jace and say, okay, so I either get two cards or one. But Chapin points out, no, you're either getting three cards or two. You're yeah, getting one card and the Jace in play, already like, in play, or yeah, two cards and the Jace This Jace's factor fiction is like last Jace's brainstorm. Yeah. It's about that for a second. Now, again, it's mini factor fiction, but come on. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I... I think it's even it's perfectly respectable to just run Jace out there and minus two minus two have it get off the board. I mean, oh, you're yeah. up you're up a lot of cards, and it, depending on on your situation, you can just run another one out there. That's that's what the other Jace was so good at doing. The uh, the original Jaces, uh, Jace Polarin and Jace the Mind Sculptor is just saying, "Hey, I'll draw, I'll draw, you know, I'll draw, yeah. and then I'm I'm up three cards or bouncer guy, bouncer guy, bouncer guy." You know, it. it yeah. So occasionally, you just want to use the minus abilities, and I think this one's perfectly designed to to be run in a control deck. So good, good card. So Joey or uh, Ruby, what do you got next? All right, I got one that hasn't been officially spoiled yet, but it is pretty much confirmed. Ooh, um, I think I'm talking about. Do you guys remember Broodmate Dragon? Remember yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, sure. yeah, you remember how that card was like real good for six, like six mana. You got eight power worth of flyers across two creatures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about that yesterday. Last time we had uh, that was last time we had five color control in standard, which is yeah. potentially on the horizon. Which is again. A potentially on the horizon. Well, how about instead of eight powers worth of flyers, how would you like ten power worth of tramplers <laughs> for six mana? I'm okay with that. That's what we got with our motto worm. That's the a, that's the uh, Selesnia Mythic, two colorless, green green, white white, five five. When it comes into play, put a five five worm into play. That's wow. that is a that is large game. Yeah. Quite literally, it's large game. <laughs> um, if you if you feel like hunting that big of game. Um <laughs> and I and I'm a big game hunter. Uh that card is absurd. Like, oh, I can't it tell you how much I love that card. And it has the best token to populate in the set. So, uh, well, other than the 8-8 eight, eight Vigilance, right? right? Or would you prefer a 5-5 five, five Trampler? Uh, I mean, you might prefer a 5-5 five, five Trampler. Theoretically, you can populate the 6-6 six, six Dragon. Theoretically. Oh, sure. Yeah, the Dragon but, that makes other Dragons. But yeah, 5-5 five, five Trample, when you're like, untap Eyes in the Skies, and like, Rootbound Defenses, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Oh, that's, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with that card a lot. I would so, be surprised. I would be very surprised if that card didn't see standard play. So, so is that a, another card that we want in this theoretical free stack, or are we talking about wedging this into something else? Um, I don't know if there's room for this guy. I mean, it's it's just a big dude. It's two big dudes, I should say. I bet. 
I mean, it's probably got room in there. I mean, so what you, what your reanimation targets are, you probably want Angel of Serenity, and then you probably want a value creature of some kind. Like a and, Crystal Brand or two. Like a Crystal Brand or a Crater Hoof Behemoth. But what I'm talking about is, like, you want something that you, that's good to disentomb, and this guy's very good to disentomb. It's like this guy or Thrag Tusk, and depending on the matchup, you might want this guy. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting card. This guy's, this guy's gross. So I want to talk about a card way less uh, to cast than the last few cards that we talked about. <laughs> it's a hybrid card, and this this is one that Eric Klug has been wanting for, I don't know, years. And uh, cube builders around the world rejoiced when it was spoiled. I'm talking about Rakdos Cackler. It's yeah. a one-hybrid red-black for a 1-1, one, one, and it has the Unleash ability, which is you can have the creature enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it, but it can't block. So, and uh, it has a creature type Devil. So this is, uh, Red Jeez, now has a card. one mana 2-2 two, two that we haven't seen in a while, and it's funny, Jerry Thompson uh, was asked on a recent interview show, Ruben, that you did, yep. of a card that he would want to have on uh, or to have reprinted, reprinted, and he said that he wanted Goblin Guide. Now, yeah. Cackler is no Goblin Guide, no. but uh, it is a two-power 2-2 two -two for one red mana that doesn't really have a drawback, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? This, I mean, this guy's huge. Zombies also gets another two-power, two yeah, one-drop. Now you get to have the Kithkin draw in Zombies. You get to run 12 two-power one-drops, um, and just... Which, I mean, if you had the triple one-drop draw in the last standard, that was pretty much unbeatable. Oh, yeah. In this current That's... standard. If you have triple one-drop, you, you win. Right? Wow. And so, this card isn't Fume Spitter, and Fume Spitter works really well with Blood Artist, but you want another two-power guy, you're never blocking, right? Like, you're not blocking with Gravecrawler anyway. Right, yeah. And if you're trying to block with this card, you're losing. Uh, except for in very specific circumstances. I mean, you can if you if you're in a if you're in a pickle, you can just play this guy for uh, as a one one as a you know as a Mons Goblin Raiders. Sure, you can if you want to. That's quite. Hard. I mean, that's another. E that, I mean, that's even better though. Like you get this other option. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think imagine if you had that option to play Gravecrawler as a zero one. If you if you yeah. needed to just have it in a pinch. Yeah. That's. That's pretty nice. That's why I think this this guy's going to get played. This, I think he'll get played in, in multiple formats, uh, just just on the fact that he's a one mana two two. Mm -hmm. That a lot of a lot of decks need this need this effect. Modern probably isn't going to see this guy get played. If he had a relevant creature type, if he was a goblin or a zombie, I would say for sure we would see this guy in some other formats. Hold out um, for the Devil Lord. The Devil Lord. Come on, Satan. <laughs> Satan on a magic card. That's what oh, we're hoping for. Smokes. They've printed a lot of uh, playable uh, devils in the last couple... Devils and demons in the last couple sets. Yeah, we may, we so. may see one. Yeah. yeah, I think Unleash is actually looking better than I thought it was. Because, mm. I mean, like, like Ruben kind of said, it's the old adage, you know, if you're blocking, you're losing. Uh, right. So, who blocks anyway? You know. Exactly. <laughs> so, the, I think we kind of identified that early, like, when we were looking at Grim Roustabout going, well, it's a 2-2 two, two for 2 at best that regenerates right. but can't block. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, the potential was there, and I think we're seeing that potential kind of fulfilled, uh, at least to some extent, when you see, a you know, a 1-mana 2-2 two, two here that can't block. Like, who cares? Can't yeah. block when it's tapped anyway, so... Like, yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got this guy that's a one mana 2-2. Two, two. You've got the guy that's like a, that's a 3-4 for three. You've got Grim Roustabout, which more likely is going to come into play without the counter because it can regenerate. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they really, uh, for Unleash, I think they were pretty pretty generous with how they costed this out. I, don't, there's I think none, it's the best limited ability by far. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's very oh, skill-testing. Like, yeah. very skill-testing to know whether or not you're a 3-2, you should, you should unleash it. Uh, that, I mean, in, uh, I'm talking specifically, there's a, there's a Rakdos card, and I have to pull it up here, but it's a 3-2 a with Unleash, and it has the ability, one black, red, sack, deal damage. Yeah. Uh, player loses life equal to, the, to its power. Yep. So, it, so four power for, for three mana. We haven't seen that since Ashamore Gouger. 
or or the other uncounterable guy. But that that's a pretty good ability on that. Yeah. So uh, uh, whose turn is it now? It's yours. Yeah, I want to talk about. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, go ahead, Joey. I, I got to. All right, so uh, this one actually pretty quick because we've had this for a while. But seeing all these big uh, guys get spoiled makes me pretty excited for Selesnya Charm, mm-hmm. which has some really good modes. Uh, which one of them is target creature gets plus two plus two and trample, exile target creature with a power of five or greater, or put a two two white knight creature token with vigilance on the battlefield. And uh, the the two modes that I really like on this one are the exile a creature with a power of five or greater, which you know this is killing pretty much. Anything that you, that you wanted to kill from Lotless Troll to the new Angel to the new Rakdos, which I'm sure we will talk about. And then being able to have a 2-2 White Knight with Vigilance means that you have an instant speed way to turn on Soul Bond. If there's good equipment coming down the pike, uh, of course, being able to play a guy at Flash we know is a very good ability. And uh, I think this fits right in with White Green Aggro, the plus 2 plus 2 and Trample. It's a good combat trick. I mean, I think this is... The best charm for standard, probably not the best charm. Like I think the red blue charm is probably the better charm in eternal formats. And I think modern. the red blue charm is better in modern. I actually want to play this charm in legacy. The red blue? No, or, green white. Celestia oh, green charm. white. Wow. Yes. Well, I play Maverick, and yeah. I know giving my knights trample is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. also removing your knights from the game is pretty good. Mm. And also, uh, end of turn, something to equip to my uh, Umezawa's Jita is pretty good. So, I'm okay with this card in general. Interesting. Yeah, let's, let's stay on the charms, uh, charm cycle, just in general, because I think the, this is kind of... Uh, these five cards, I think, are just going to collectively have, I would assume, almost as much impact as the five uh, Shocklands, I think, across formats. Because I think... I mean, maybe, I, I, maybe that's a little bit... Of hyperbole, I think the lands, <laughs> the lands are pretty important. But what I mean, I guess as far as non-lands, non-mana fixing, I think these cards are going to see it's play the across most, all formats. It's certainly the second most important cycle. Yeah, so let, let's go with that then. Um, Azorius Charm is the one I wanted to, to bring up now because we've talked about Is it Charm now? Uh, Selesnya Charm uh, is is pretty impressive as well for the reasons you just said. But I think um, I think Azorius Charm people. Uh, I think are looking at it like it's the worst charm, but it's still really good. Uh, being able to kind of plow under somebody's guy seems, yeah. seems reasonable. Uh, you know, put put something like you know, if the, if standard is going to be about more swarm creatures, it's not as good. But being able to deal with uh, with you know the one big guy and make them recast it, uh, you know, set them back it seems it's almost remandish. Obviously, you don't get a card out of it, but you know, you you make them lose their draw step, and they have to recast the card. Um, and then, of course, it cycles. And you're, uh, you're going to make people want to kill themselves when you snap cast an Azorius Charm after having cast an Azorius Charm. Yeah, I mean, people are going to have to be playing creatures with comes into play abilities. Not that there's not enough reason to do that anyway, but you know, if you have, uh, if you're paying a reasonable amount of mana for a creature that doesn't leave something on the battlefield or do something when it comes into play, and people yeah. are playing Azorius Charm, you're just going to get, you're just going to get blown out. Like, put yep. that on top. Oh, recast. It's going to be like Jace bounce, Jace bounce, yeah, you know, all over again. But uh, and then in a pinch, you have creatures you control gain life link. And I know that as Stupid as it sounds, there's so many times when I've been playing and been like, I'm a control deck, I'm at two, I'm trying to stabilize. Man, if I could just give my creatures lifelink, if I could just, yeah. I just want a stream of life right now. Or well, you know? yeah, when when you've got, uh, if you're playing like a band colored like token strategy, mm-hmm. or if you're playing some some number of token strategies and you've got like Intangible Virtue and Gavany Township, and you're just like, well, I need to race, I guess I'll gain 45. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's, yeah I mean, the, uh, the land from Dark Ascension, uh, it's, it escapes Vault me right Vault of the Archangel. Vault of yeah, the Archangel is good, but that t- makes you tap five lands. No, that's yeah. what I mean. I, I think it, there's something to be said for being able to have that available at two, and it also happens uh, to be good, you know, if you're if you're just playing a deck that just wants to block. Maybe you just have, you know, some idiots back to, to hold down the fort that, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they spoil uh, Sunweb or something. I don't know. <laughs> and you also have uh, Thought Scour in the format that can, if you really need to get rid of a creature, put it on top and then Thought Scour them. You know, right? Yeah, that's it in a reasonable. You can also, uh, you know, if you just first of all, it's something to flip to Delver and Blue White Delver. 
if you just need to cycle it, it has cycling. You know, like, and also, it's very important to realize that since it is a blue charm, it, it works well with Snapcaster Mage. You don't have to use the same ability both times. You can, you know, uh, you can put something on top the first time and then gain lifelink the next time. So, that's, uh, you know, that, that card is not, not terrible. So, I've got, I mean, we could talk about Rakdos Charm and Golgari Charm, but I've actually got another black-green card that I want to talk about. My card's Grizzly Salvage. Oh, my favorite card in the set, I think. Uh, this card, man, if, if Angel Serenity wasn't enough for you Frights fans, let me tell you what. Uh, Tracker's Instincts was the worst card in Frights, like, by far, and now you get a better mulch. Uh, first Very of all, better. you get to mill five yeah. instead of four, which is a whole nother card. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to pick creature or land, depending on what you want, or neither if you just want to put five in the bin. Mm-hmm. And it's an instant. And it's an instant. The actual <laughs> big distinction there. Yeah. Instant. And so this card, I think, uh, I think that, that this card's real good. Uh, self-mill might be a thing now, because you've got Splinter Fright, and you've got, like, uh, the 10-10 that costs less for each guy in your bin. Ghoul Tree. Ghoul Tree. Like, it's possible that that's a deck. In addition, Frights, in addition, Scavenge, you know, not to mention Dredge possibilities in Modern and Legacy. Not really Legacy, but Modern. Um, I, I really like this card a lot, and it's common. Yeah. So everybody gets to have Grizzly Salvage. Yeah, well, <laughs> Look under your chairs. You get a Grizzly Salvage. And... All right, that's enough of that. I mean, and, and it's cor- of course, we, when we talked about Slitherhead... It's very good with with scavenge, so there, and it's also good with guys like Gravecrawler, and we so we may be able to see a black green zombies deck that maybe does a little more like on the disentomb front. Maybe it's playing, you know, Grizzly Salvage, and maybe it's playing Splashing White for uh, Unburial Rights, and, and all it wants to do is just put a bunch of idiots in the bin, and and, and it relies on uh, us playing a couple Goblet Shrine to sneak in Grizzlebrands or something. I. I have no Jeez. idea. The, the, I mean, the direction that, that you could go now that we essentially have perfect mana across yep. the, the wedge colors, you know. So, so remember, we have Temple Garden and Godless Shrine. So the we don't Goran have Godless wedge. Shrine. We have Overgrown Tomb. I'm sorry, Overgrown Tomb. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on this card, um, Ruby. I think this one's definitely going to see some play. All right, you're up. All right, so I, I, got, a, I got a fun one that is... One that I think is is really hard to evaluate, and uh, it's a hybrid guy. Uh, let me flip down here because I, I don't want to get his text wrong. It is the Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. It's hybrid black green for a one two, and it has three abilities. Three abilities on a one one is something mm-hmm. that you definitely three, have to look at. Or on a one two. On a one two, yeah. And uh, so tap exile a land card from a graveyard. Add one man of any color to your mana pool. Then you have black, tap, exile target, instant, or sorcery card from a graveyard. Each opponent loses two life. Or green, tap, exile target, creature card from a graveyard. You gain two life. So next week we're going to talk more about the interactions with the, this set in some of the uh, eternal formats like Vintage, Legacy, and, and Modern. This guy is Green Sun Zenithable. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting. Like in the Maverick Mirror, this guy's an all-star because he's going to eat lands out of the graveyard that your opponent has. So it's going to make your your opponent's knights smaller. It's going to take um, creature cards from the graveyard that's going to stop your opponent's um, oozes from getting larger. And it's going to gain you a little bit of life in the process. So I think it, it could be good as a, as a target to just kind of like stop your opponent from doing nonsense. And also it also makes has- your opponent's goifs and mongies smaller. Yes, and it has the it has the residual effect of just being like really annoying uh, yeah. against like the Esper decks that are going to be cracking fetch lands. They're going to be wanting to play Snapcaster on Brainstorms and Swords of Plowshares, and this guy's going to do something every turn. So e- even if it's at the end of your opponent's turn, hey, eat a land, or you know, hey, do whatever. I, you know, I think this this is a role player. I think you know we may see this do something. We don't have fetch lands in standard. So this really isn't, like, super exciting, but I think uh, this is one to keep an eye on, I think. Well, he also 
first of all, Evolving Wilds is in standard, so that's just, you know, a thing to keep mm-hmm. in mind. Um, he is a 1-2, so he stands in front of unflipped Delvers and non-thresholded Mongeese, which will save you two or three life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's good in black, red, burn in standard and modern. He's just another Grim Lavamancer kind of guy. Oh, wow, I didn't, yeah. yeah. Um, he's an elf. And he's a, Is he an elf? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of awesome, too. So he's got a relevant creature type. Mm. Um, he also stops your opponent's scavenge and dredge and grave crawler shenanigans and Geralt's messenger shenanigans. Side, side note, there's a ton of graveyard hate in this set. Yeah. Um, just a ridiculous amount of graveyard hate. Because they knew, they knew zombies was, black green zombies was going to be a thing. But, you know. Um, so, yeah, I really like this guy a lot, too. I think that this guy's a sleeper hit. You know, whenever you have three abilities... Yeah, on a one-mana card. One-mana card. I am hard-pressed to think of another guy that has three abilities on a one-mana card. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can barely think of any that have two. Well, you noble have, hierarchy. Not like the apprentices... And the, uh, uh, like, guild mages. Yeah. They have two abilities. But they aren't hybrid, so it's this guy's, like, two different guild mages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, for sure. Yeah, so this guy's, I really like this guy a lot. Yeah. I think you guys hit on hit on pretty much everything there with that guy. He's, I agree, he's pretty exciting, and I think he's going to see play in more than just, uh, actually more likely to be in Legacy, I think. But, you know, we can yeah. see it in Standard, too. Uh, with three abilities, there's that much more potential. I mean, um, he does eat uh, grave colors out of the opposing graveyards. Yeah. So yeah. in Black and, Green, and he may messengers. be the guy that cracks the mirror open. Yeah. And false messengers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, before the trigger, and then uh, uh, Slitherhead, you know, yep. there's that card. Yep. <laughs> He's also you got, just uh, slitherhead that guy and make him a two three and just attack yeah, Kurt Ape at that point. Yeah. He's also uh, it's also important to note he has the Alas Poor Yorick art. What? <laughs> Look at the art. You you know Alas Poor Yorick. I knew him well. Horatio. That whole soliloquy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It's funny. Yeah. So uh, card I wanted to talk about is one uh, we've had for about a week or so. Um, but I don't think we've discussed it, and that's Cyclonic Rift. Um, mm. Cyclonic Rift, kind of the sort of upheaval, kind of, not really, I mean, it's being, been compared to upheaval. Upheaval was really good because it uh, bounced lands, too. But uh, this is kind of a different card, and it's really kind of got more versatility than, a lot more versatility, really, than upheaval. Um, you know, being able to just bounce something. Uh, I, I know how many times I've wanted to just, you know, there's just something you need to get rid of. You need to just get it off the table temporarily. Just even just having access to an instant speed bounce spell for two is great. And then you've got the overload that's going to one-sided, you know, quote-unquote wrath your opponent. Um, I, I think alongside uh, Mizium Mortars, the Izzet uh, Guild kind of has two one-sided wraths with, uh, with Mizium Mortars where you've got removal or sweeper or, again... Mo- removal or sweeper. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about this card. I kind of, um, I expected to see some play. I don't know that it's going to be anything ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know that it's going to see a ton of play, but it's one that I'm excited about. And I think just its versatility is, uh, is something that attracts me. Mm. So. Yeah. If you look at like into the Royal, uh, yeah. if you, that's probably the best comparison. Into the Royal was sort of the same, the same idea. It's a bounce spell for two that has some utility if you want to play it at a different time. And this one, you know, obviously the seven casting cost means that you're probably going to run this a little bit less, like maybe as a two of. Like Into the Royal, you could pretty reliably cast it with its kicker cost, you mm-hmm. know, each game. I think this one you're probably looking at, you know, more to, to protect your planeswalkers, protect your guys early. So if you have something to protect, it gets a lot better. I think the overload... It is very well costed. I think if they put it at six, this card would have been ridiculous because it's very easy to get six mana. Seven mana means that you've kind of played, you've 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 done your part as a control deck to get where you need to be if you're at seven mana. So I I like I like this cost and uh, at instant, I think that's really the saving grace. I think instant speed overload. You know we're going to be playing cards like Chromatic Lantern, potentially some of the 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 sky keys or or whatever they're called. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we, we still have some, some mana facts. Getting to seven mana shouldn't be a big deal. So I, Yeah, I know uh, Flores has been talking about using this alongside Rakdos' return, where you just bounce a bunch of stuff and then, you know, to their hand with the overload and then just tap out for a huge Rakdos' return, make them discard it all, lose all that life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it's just one of the things I've seen him mentioning a little on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I think the overload thing is, is huge because it makes it, it's a bounce spell that it's good early and it's good late. And I mm-hmm. think that's, that's relevant. So, uh, Ruben's turn. Oh, am I doing one more? Are we doing, are, well, we, are we, go ahead, Matt. Well, okay. So next week we're going to talk about legacy and, uh, and modern, but what, 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 something we were talking about before the show is, you know, how do you really talk about a set in the context of these formats, you know, without it kind of feeling disjointed, which really, it's impossible. You know, we, we have no idea what, what the new format's going to look like, and uh, and we really don't know what cards are going to make ripples aside from just theory. So what, what we thought would be kind of a fun exercise is we each kind of picked our guild or our, our deck type, and we're going to bring some decks to talk about next week with some of the new cards and um, and kind of, you know, go over our lists and explain, like, why we would play that day one. Because, you know, there's going to be tournaments right after this set goes legal. Uh, so so we want to talk about the, you know, what, what some of these decks are actually going to look like. So if you're playing Cyclonic Rift, like, what deck wants to have that? You know, uh, what deck wants to play the new Jace? You know, guys like Brad Nelson and Jerry, they're already grinding out what some of these decks look like. So we may kind of use those as a starting point. You know, there's not, there's no, there's no tournament date out there. So if you have an idea for a deck or something that you think would be interesting for us to talk about, please leave it in the comments because, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of in brainstorm mode at this point. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on is, is of course, I, I do believe the most important card, and you guys will probably agree with me, are going to be the Shocklands. Uh, the mana in this set is at, is just completely ridiculous, and the fact that we only have half of the guilds, and we're we're eventually going to have ten gate lands, ten shock lands, and all of the buddy lands. Which I think uh, Mar- Mark Sum is telling me that apparently Jackie Lee is calling the M10 and Innistrad lands buddy lands. Okay. I call them which I think is like lands, but really I awesome like buddy lands because they they are good buddies with basic lands and and uh, dual lands. Yeah. So uh, I like that quite a bit more than M lands or Innistrad lands. So uh, so so you know the fact that we have off color and on color buddy lands, all, uh, all the uh, the guild shock lands, gate lands. We have uh, a new rupture spire in the format as a reprint and transcale promenade. I mean, it's we're looking at uh, reflecting pool, vivid style mana bases. I mean, it shouldn't be hard to go five color at all at this point. It's I mean, a whole new world out there. It is whole new world. I'm excited. Yeah. So I, I know I know we're we're sort of wrapping up here. There's a card that jumped out at me, and I had it kind of on my list, but I want to just know what you guys think of this card because it's kind of on the fence where I'm not sure. To, is it is it good or is it maybe just not not so good and in constructed and the card I'm talking about is inaction injunction. It's uh, it's sorcery speed that kind of hurts it a little bit, but it's the a blue and a colorless detain target creature and opponent controls draw a card. Hmm. So I mean, in a deck, obviously it's not removal, but it's, right. it buys you time. But it gets you a card. It's a cantrip. I think it. You know, if it wasn't a cantrip, I would <laughs> would have forgotten about it entirely. But just it. You know. It's a card that I'm uh, I'm having. I feel like it could be good, but I just wanted to hear hear some other thoughts on it. Yeah, I ah, oh, geez, that's tough to evaluate. I think if it said permanent, mm-hmm. uh, non uh, non land permanent, I think we would probably be looking at a pretty good card because it could stop planeswalkers from ultimating. It can stop you know, it could stop a few card types that I think blue probably needs more than just stopping a creature. Okay, yeah. Um, but I will say that detain, you know, we don't, we haven't played with it yet, but one of the things that I think is going to come up a lot more than people are looking at it more from the defensive perspective is the offensive part of detain in that the creature cannot attack or block. Right. And I think that that is probably going to come up more 
than using it as a, as a defensive spell. So if there was like a deck that could use this, you know, maybe a tempo deck that just wants to force idiots through, maybe it's forcing in guys like Cold Eyed Sucky or the new uh, the new two two scroll thief guy. Um, that this card would, could become a, a way to to fuel like a card drawing engine. But at sorcery, I'm kind of inclined to say that it might be a little too hard to get the advantage from this spell. Yeah. I, I I'm just appeal. It, it appeals to me because it says detain and draw a card on it. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. want to do both of those. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. Uh, but you know, the repeatable detain is probably a little, little better. Like on the back of some of those, uh, I think God, it's area sky or something. I don't know, Joey. Cause now that I think about having like a Jace or a Tamiyo out, if I had like multiples of this card, I would just, feel like I couldn't lose. Yeah, see, that's what, uh, I mean, uh, that's the kind of I mean, thing there's lots of cards it. that you could have that if you had a Jace or a Tameo out. <laughs> well, remember, I mean, we have to think if about... If I had a crack- vanilla O4, if I had a Kraken Hatchling. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I- I'm just thinking, you know, go for the throats out of the format, which, of, of course, we didn't talk about the card that replaces it, but, you know, we, we'll right. probably talk about it eventually. But there's not a lot of ways that I can think of uh, protecting your blue planeswalkers out inside, outside of just going into another color. So, That's fair. Um, you know, because we don't have like vapor snags gone, and I imagine that snapcasting this feels pretty reasonable. Um, yeah, I mean, you you uh, you buy time early play your Jace, play your Tamiyo, you know, like, that's the way I look at it, where I'm like, it's going to draw me a card, it's going to buy me time, I'm going to get set up my Planeswalkers, now the guy that I detained, I'm going to tap it down with Tamiyo, or whatever, you know. Um, sure. I'm going to draw more cards with Jace, and hopefully, you know, Snapcaster this, or play it again. You know, it's a lot of a lot of buying time for uh, an explosive late game, but it was just something that, that I wanted to talk about a little bit, so. Sure, sure. So uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's just about everything. You guys, uh, pretty exciting weekend coming up. We have the Invitational, as we mentioned earlier. Ruben, you will be there, uh, yes, bringing us the action. One fifth of the coverage team, right? <laughs> that we'll yeah, see that's right. Camera. I will be I will be one fifth of the coverage team this weekend. So uh, should we? Uh, not counting directors. What's that? Not counting directors. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I guess uh, the guys that are on camera. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a pretty face. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, should we be looking forward to any uh, interesting new new things from Star City from SCG Live uh, um, on the coverage I, end? Well, we, we we sort of tested something out last weekend in LA, which instead of doing feature matches for the top eight, we sort of did video wrap ups mm-hmm. between rounds, um, and that was uh, sort of went fairly well. So we're going to try that again. That's going to uh, help help us get more content out there, rather than having to, me to just sit there and, and write up a feature match. Um, you'll, you'll be able to get more uh, coverage and better better feel for the tournament if I do a, a top eight, or if I do a tournament recap before the top eight, then a top eight recap and a top four recap. So uh, I think that that's something interesting that we're going to do. Uh, there will be a live newsening. Again at the Invitational, Fantastic. Um, and uh, so I'm going to try and do that at every Invitational that I go to. Live newsening. There will also be a regular newsening coming out uh, the Monday after the Invitational, um, because that's how the schedule is working. Um, there's going to be interviewsenings, as I mentioned on last last week's episode with uh, Brown Brown Doohan, Evan Irwin, and Pete Heffling. Um, those. Yeah, that should be that should be fun. Uh, what else are we doing? I I, I'm, I don't think I can. Well, they'll just uh, have to tune in and see. Yeah, they'll, you guys will have to tune in and see what else we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will also be the first invitational where we have the two cameras set up. So we're pretty excited about that because we introduced the two cameras set up uh, after the last invitational in St. Louis, I believe. Right, uh, and that that has been a booming success, I think. For sure. So no pun uh, intended. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, exciting things happening. We've, we've got some other things in the pipeline. I don't think we're implementing them, any of them for the Invitational, but, uh, rest assured we are on the cutting edge of magic television. Awesome. So, uh, anything else you guys wanted to add? I just have, uh, 
the joy of cubing the podcast I'm doing on cubing is now up on iTunes, so I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. So those of you who want to check that out, please please do so. But that's uh, that's all I got on mine. All right. Uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to some magic cards that we didn't get to talk about today. Uh, Dryad Militant, uh, um, Underworld Connections, Mana Bloom, Mana Bloom, Rest in Peace. Call we will definitely the talk about Rest. In peace. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of cards in the set that are going. Hello. Well, we lost Ruby. We lost Ruben. Okay, I didn't know if you were there either, Matt. So Ruben wrapped up early, but uh, I guess until next week, we are in contention.